This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. Do you want to understand data science better as a marketer? Would you like to learn whether it's the right choice for your career? Do you need to know how to manage data science employees, vendors, agencies? Take the Data Science 101 workshop from Trust Insights. In this 90-minute on-demand workshop, you'll learn what data science is, why it matters to marketers, and how to embark on your marketing data science journey. You'll learn how to build a KPI map, how to explore and analyze Google Analytics data, how to construct a valid hypothesis, the foundation of marketing data science, the basics of statistical concepts like centrality, distribution, regression, and clustering, which if you don't know what those words mean, you will, uh, essential soft skills in data science, and how to hire marketing data science professionals or agencies. The course is on demand, so you can watch it whenever you want. You don't have to be at any place at any time. Uh, and it comes with the videos, the audio recording, PDF of the slides, automated transcript, KPI map example, and a sample workbook with data because this is hands-on. You get to try some of the stuff out. If this sounds good, just head on over to trustinsights.ai slash data science 101. That's trustinsights.ai slash data science 101. In this episode of In-Ear Insights, uh, it is a brand new year. It is 2021. It's an arbitrary uh, date on the calendar. Uh, but one of the things that happened over the holiday break, uh, I ran a poll to my newsletter folks uh, asking them, what content would you like more of and in what format? And the format question was an interesting one. The five choices were email, video, audio, uh, blog, text blog posts and uh, live streams. And what came out was very interesting. Email was the winner uh, by about 30% of respondents, followed by text blog posts, then video, then audio. At the bottom with only 12% was live streams. And one of the folks who uh, replied back to the episode of the, new, the issue of the newsletter was like, everyone in marketing is saying live stream, live stream, live stream. And all these markers are, are talking about and evangelizing it. Why did it come in last for your, for uh, in your newsletter survey? And I said, well, there's a bunch of reasons I can think of. But Katie, what's your perspective on the thing that everybody's talking about as the next marketing trend? Like, for example, there's this new app Clubhouse, which is essentially uh, talk radio, uh, live talk radio. There's a thing everyone's talking about, and then there's the reality of what customers want when we survey them. Why is there such a disconnect? It sounds like there's a couple of things going on. I think there's the, you know, what we as marketers think our customers want. Um, and then there's what they're saying, like, no, I don't have the energy. So when you look at an email newsletter versus a blog post, for example, they could essentially be the same kind of thing. They're both just written word, but one is being delivered to you and one you have to go seek out. So the email newsletter is being delivered to you um, where, so like at my convenience, I can read it, it's waiting there. Someone has handed it to me all nice and packaged up versus the uh, blog post that I have to actively remember that I have to go find and read. So that's one difference. The next is, you know, with a live stream or a video or an audio, you know, you are somewhat beholden, you know, you can speed it up a little bit, but you're somewhat beholden to the speed in which the content creator gets to the point. And so with, um, you know, a blog post or a newsletter, 
you can try to skim and get to the point faster. And of course it wouldn't be a new year without my dog barking through a podcast. So here we are. Um, but the point being is that when I think about that, I would have also said either a newsletter or a blog post because something that I can take my time and read at my leisure versus waiting for someone to talk at me and get to the point. Um, I would much prefer something delivered to me that I can read in my own time. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of in terms of the, you know, the why people answered the way they did. And for those who are watching the video version of this, um, we just got the poll results on the screen. The other thing that struck me, particularly with live streaming, is that it's, it's what we call appointment media, where you have to be at a certain time, at a certain place um, to consume the content. And honestly, you know, it's the beginning of 2021. Uh, we've we've had this pandemic now for over a year. We've been in you know in the various states of restriction for ten months now. A live stream is nothing more than another Zoom call at this point. And I'm not sure that anybody wants more of those, particularly since it's at a certain date and a certain time. It's another meeting. I mean, raise your hand if you would like another meeting on your calendar. <laughs> I don't see any hands up right now, um, and so unless the content is so spectacular or so entertaining, I don't know that, that people are willing to make the time for it, as opposed to at least, you know, when you record a live stream, um, the video is available later on. Some of my favorite bands on YouTube have, you know, live streams and acoustic shows and stuff live. And these are bands that have two, three, four, ten million followers on YouTube. And when you go in and you, you look at the live streams, like 400 people on, like out of your six million fans you could only get 400 of them to show up uh for a live free show what chance do marketers have you know with you know a hundred or a thousand followers of getting more than like one person to show up on the show well it also comes down to you know chris this is something you and i talk a lot about is you know when you create a tutorial you record a video Whereas I personally am someone who much prefers to read a set of instructions. I don't want to watch a video. And it, so that's also sort of a learning preference. Um, I struggle to follow a video. Whereas if you give me step-by-step -step instructions written out, I can do that. And so I feel the same way about, you know, consuming content where I would rather read something where it's easier for me to literally just, you know, scan my eyeballs back up if I miss something. Whereas with a video, I have to stop it, go back, try to reconsume it, you know, make sure I'm understanding what the person is saying. And I don't have that written thing as a point of reference to say, oh yes, I understood what they said, or no, I misheard what the messaging was. And so again, that's just a personal preference for me, but you're absolutely right. It is like one more meeting on your calendar, even if, you know, you're watching it on demand after the fact, there's still that, you know, sense of fatigue with, watching another video, try and consume more information. And, you know, with a newsletter or a blog post, you can more easily just sort of skim through, pick out the things that you care the most about, and then move on. I think the two concepts embedded in here are, you know, friction and speed, right? When you have a piece of text, I mean, you can read anywhere from 250 to 400 words a minute, right? And when we speak, when I speak, at my fastest, I'm speaking at about 180 words a minute. Most people speak between 120 and 150 words a minute. And so just by having the text in front of you, you can at least double 
the speed at which audio can be delivered, right? You know, we, I've heard friends say, oh, yeah, I listen to your podcast, but I listen to it, you know, 1.5x speed so I can get to it faster. I'm like, okay, <laughs> glad, I'm glad I mean so much that you want to get it over with as quick as you can. Um, but they're trying to just get the information out of it. And to your earlier point about an email just being there, right? It just, it just shows up. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the watchwords, I feel like the watchwords for our marketing going into the new year are make it faster to, for people to get the information because there's still only 24 hours a day uh, and remove as much friction from the process as possible. Make people do less stuff. You know, our friend and, and colleague Mitch Joel said that last year when we were recording our, our client service shows. He's like, don't be another thing on your client's to-do list, right? When you have a live stream, you got to remember where it is. You got to remember the app. You got to remember the time. Uh, you got to show up. That's a lot of things as opposed mm -hmm. to an email newsletter. Do nothing and it just shows up. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, you can also sort of, you know, make the uh, comparison to, you know, let's say you're Googling for a recipe. You know, how many times have you gone to be like, oh, okay, this is the recipe I need. But then you have to scroll through eight pages of how the person got inspired in these, you know, mountains of France when they saw a butterfly this one time flying over the crested moon to then, you know, land on a blade of grass that then inspired them to make a lasagna. Tell me, just tell me what's in the lasagna. Just get to the point. I just want the recipe. Do I need 10 pounds of noodles or 15 pounds of noodles? Like it's that kind of frustration that the second somebody has that experience with your content, it's immediately a turnoff and they you've probably just lost a subscriber or a watcher or you know someone to consume your content because you have frustrated them to they where they can't get to the point fast enough and you know i'm i'm fascinated by people who listen to podcasts that fast like at 1.5x or 2x i can't consume content that fast but what it does say chris is that yeah we just need to not bury the lead just get to the point and move on it, it it goes back to kind of what we named our live stream. You know, what, so what? Like, what is the point of this uh, thing? And I, I totally emphasize that on the cooking recipes. I'm like, just tell me what temperature the oven's supposed to be. That's really all I care about. I, I figured out this chemistry behind the rest. I just, what temperature is supposed to be at? You don't want to know that they one time took a walk through the woods and saw a beam of sunlight coming down onto the forest ground. And it suddenly reminded them of the story that their grandmother one time told them and just Oh my God, just tell me how many coconuts do I need? Well, so, you know, that raises a really interesting question because one of the things that's shown up in like Orbit Media's content survey and content marketing world and marketing profs and all these different companies that have been talking about the state of content marketing, particularly for B2B, is they've been saying content keeps getting good, high ranking, high performing content keeps getting longer and longer and longer. Orbit Media study last year said that over the last five years, the average length of a piece of content has gone from like 700 words to like 3,100 words. And unless it's like 3,100 3, 3, words uh, you know, of, of pure solid gold, that's a lot of you know my grandmother's lasagna st stuff I feel like is getting stuck in there. What I would like to know, and, and maybe it's something we should research for one of our live streams, is why are, is the content getting longer if, in fact, it's getting less valuable? And why is it performing better? Is it just that people are you know have the time to, to just dig into one piece of content and they, they plow through the whole thing? Or is it that 
what you're doing for the search algorithms, feeding them more and more text, which helps their deep learning models, isn't in fact what people like, but it's what like the machines like. I think it really depends. I think it depends on the purpose of the content. So some content is purely for, you know, the sharing story aspect of it. And so here's my experience, here's your experience, I'm relaying the experiences. Some of it is informational, educational, and some of it is that pure entertainment. And so I think it really depends on the purpose of the content as well. Not all content is educational. Some of it is experiential or, you know, entertainment. And so I think that, you know, when we're looking at why is this content performing better? I think we also need to figure out you know, like, what is the purpose of this content? Who's consuming it? So I do think you're onto something where, you know, the machines are ranking it better, but it's not necessarily what people like. So I think that there would probably be two studies there. One, what are the machines ranking? And two, what are people actually responding and engaging with? Right, because at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't show up in your inbox saying, I want to do business with you, mm -hmm. it's kind of a moot point. You know, this is something that we've seen a lot of. We had a big campaign at the end of last year for a client, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in ad spend. Mm -hmm. But the focus was on a, a, a result you could take the, to the bank, not how many impressions did something get. And I continue to see a lot of folks getting lost on you know, what metrics should matter. When we come back to this idea of, you know, agility or, or speed, I guess, and, and reducing friction, the less friction that your content has, the faster you get somebody to the thing that matters to your business, right? So if you if you make it uh, an email newsletter easier for people to click to do business with you, that's going to work wonders for your business, even if the machines don't favor it as much. Because one of the other things we have to keep in mind is that all these algorithms, Facebook's newsfeed, Google's SEO algorithm things, they don't operate for your benefit. They don't operate for our benefit. They operate for Google's benefit and Facebook's benefit to sell more ads. Mm -hmm. And so we have to keep in mind that benchmarking for what the machines want is inherently benchmarking for another company's interests and not ours. I think that that's a really good point. Um, and it's definitely something that we should explore, you know, with our network this year is, you know, are we doing it for Google or are we doing it for ourselves? And so this sort of like goes into the whole, you know, like, you know, idea behind SEO. Why are we ranking so high for SEO? But is it really benefiting us at all? You know, so something that we talk about internally a lot is our own, you know, newsletter. And, you know, it's something that we want to take a look at because yes, we have a lot of subscribers and it shows up at the beginning of our customer journey, but is it the thing that helps our customers convert? We have to dig a little bit more and do some testing with that. And so there's a lot of you know work to be done of, you know, is it the right content at the right time to get someone to convert? Or do we just want to use it as something that helps people, you know, get information? And so there's purpose of the content, there's delivery of the content, and then there's, you know, what does the content do for your business? Yep. So as we look at 2021 and all the different ways we can market to people, at least until life starts to resemble, you know, pre-pandemic life um, and people can start going out and you know, seeing other people face to face, which will probably be more towards the end of the year. I think we have to keep in mind that 
people don't want to spend a whole lot more time in front of a screen if they don't have to. Um, or if they do, it has to be really, really good. Like if if it's a choice at you know seven p.m. between your live stream and the Mandalorian, I got bad news for you. Ninety percent of the time, you know the the customer is going to be choosing you know Disney Plus over you because it's just more entertainment, um, something to help them feel better. So as we look at our plans and strategies for the year, we got to figure out how can we deliver stuff fast so that's consumed faster. How can it be made? to be you know as frictionless as possible and how can it maybe provide some of those aspects of entertainment uh, you know certainly neither one of us are well i can't speak for you katie but i'll say for myself i'm not going to be doing anything that re resembles stand-up comedy or or <laughs> no you, you can rest assured that you know my comedy is not for everybody so i'm, I'm not gonna, i'm not going to try to make money off it Exactly. Um, so if we're not going to be in the entertainment business and we're mostly in the education and coaching business, then we're going to make our content as, as quick as it can be and as painless as it can be. And ask your customers. What I would strongly suggest uh, you do is um, run a poll, a simple poll in your newsletter, or in your email communications, asking people, well, what kinds of content do you want more of? What format do you want it in? Make it super easy again. You know, these are just simple one-click uh, polls. Nobody has to fill out a form or jump through any crazy hoops and resist, resist the temptation to, you know, and particularly the sales team's temptation to say like, oh no, we need to ask 40 questions on our poll. Like, nope, make it one click and one and done. Um, and ask people what they want for this year. I think you'll be surprised that what you hear the marketing gurus talking about versus what your customers are talking about yeah, probably going to be very different things for the year uh, any parting words katie no i mean i think that's it talk to your customers use this time to really just dig in and ask people what they want versus assuming you already know all right. Uh, speaking of asking people, if you've got questions or follow-up comments on this, head on over to uh, trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, our free Slack group where you can chat with over 1,500 other uh, marketers about analytics and data science and coaching and strategy and just getting help, getting help from your community on the things that you, you are troubling you. Uh, and as always, wherever it is you're consuming this, if you want to get it more regularly, go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast to subscribe to the show. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Want help solving your company's data analytics and digital marketing problems? Visit trustinsights.ai today and let us know how we can help you.